0: Right, there, there we go. There we go.
1: A.K.A. Snacks. <laughs> there, there's, always something, there's always something technical with this fucking podcast. I don't know what yeah. it is, but we're jinxed. It's you. It's you. You're, you're the fuck up. Don't worry. Jinx. Jinx. Anyway. Absolutely jinx. but you know what? We find a way to get on. We find a way to entertain. Hopefully our our viewers and our listeners, and it's what entertains me is I'm back with you. Absolutely,
0: Muddy. Good to see you. How was your weekend? Weekend was great. Great. Um, yeah. You
1: know, it's just that the, the, the NFL right now is perplexing. We'll get on with our yeah. guests in a second. Uh, sure. Tell us who we have today, and then we'll uh, bring him back in. But he, he's a big NFL and football fan, isn't he? Oh, he's Oh, he loves the Dallas Cowboys, baby. Well, let's talk to him.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's bring them on. Ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend, John Orlando. Hey, action
2: junkies. What's going on,
0: guys? How are you? Johnny, you look good. good. I was
2: trying to connect these AirPods. Yeah. And they hate me. They don't
0: like you. Well, you look good, buddy. Um, Well, yeah, I wanted to, I want to start by saying uh, I love you. And I want to send my, uh, I love and my condolences, your mom just passed away a couple of days ago. Yeah. And um, can you start by telling us uh, about your mom? We've shown some pictures here. Oh, look at you. Look at that little cute. Ah.
2: <laughs> oh, man, That's at Dodger Stadium. Uh, yeah. Back in the dugout seats. I guess I'll give up.
0: Oh, those days. Oh, yeah, man.
2: those days. Yeah, that's probably like 19. I don't know. Do I have braces on in that picture? Uh, let's uh, take a
0: look. See, I can't.
2: I don't think so. I think you
0: got your braces off.
2: So I'm probably seven. No, so that's, so I'm probably seven, seven or eight. Oh my goodness. Right look at your mom. Like, you
1: look like in that picture, John, that you're ready to audition for the Wonder Years. Look at that face, man. God right?
2: God. Lord, yeah. I was such a cute kid. What happened?
1: I know. Uh, well, let me show you another picture. And again, my condolences with your mom, but I have a question about this one because it's, it's, it's interesting who's in the background, all right? That's yeah, you and your that, wonderful mom Elaine, Yasiel Puig. I mean, that's
2: that's a van that was that had his uh, face on it. I took her Mother's Day. I think that's maybe twenty thirteen or something, twenty fifteen, something like that. I don't know. Uh, but her favorite player was Puig. She liked oh. she, she loved Puig. Yeah. And well, you remember when he first came in uh, to the Dodgers that first week? He was or first two weeks? He was like unstoppable you know oh he was all over the press and she loved his name yeah yeah she, i remember
1: uh, a night before a, a playoff game Johnny. he's at a laker game walking on the court and he's got two margaritas in his hand and he's yeah. stumbling and my <laughs> wife and i are watching the game i'll never forget my wife goes yasio Puig looks exactly like Keyshawn johnson
2: and he does yeah yeah doesn't he yeah yeah you know it's funny uh so i used to live when he first came up with the dodgers i lived downtown l.a uh in a in a high-rise called watermark tower on ninth and flower and uh i uh i had this neighbor that moved in like that summer or whatever and at 6 a.m every morning i'm not kidding you for like a week 6 a.m this latin music would be on on the other side of my bedroom wall waking me up every morning it was so annoying and like on the fourth day i called downstairs and i was like as soon as nine o'clock hits i'm calling the office downstairs like this has to stop so i called down and i said uh hey like my new neighbor's out of control like music blaring every morning but (laughs) i'm bumping but i'm i mean 6 a.m i can't do this you got to tell them to stop and and i've been in the building like six years and the manager says okay i'll tell him this but uh you, you might know who he is. I said, "Who, who is he?" I don't know. What do you mean? How do I know him? He said well, he plays for the Dodgers. I said, "He plays for the Dodgers? Who is he?" He says his name's Yasiel Puig. And I go. Yeah. He says, "Yeah." He says, I'll, "But I'll, I'll tell him." I said, "No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Let him play the music." I to start getting up earlier. Uh,
0: I'll yeah. listen to the music. Tell us the story about your beautiful mama lane. Oh man! Like, uh, yeah. What did she teach you? All the good stuff.
2: I mean, she was she was amazing. You know, she, uh, you know, I don't know how much you even know about her uh, cocktails, but uh, she she worked for Elvis Presley. Back wow. in the day, she worked for Elvis Presley Music. Uh, she handled all the songwriters' agreements between the writers and Elvis, and uh, she worked there. At the time, my dad was like a stay-at-home dad. This is in the sixties, before I was even born, wow. um, and my you know my dad looked after my brother uh, from my mom's first marriage, and yeah, so she 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 worked for Elvis. She was the president of the Jerry Lee Lewis fan club, oh. uh, you know, which back then was a big deal. President, you know, I was, this is was before social media and stuff. So the 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 fan club was the vehicle to connect you to the artist back then you know pre-instagram right. for all you kids watching um <laughs> and uh you know so she she was president of that she was friends with james dean when oh, she was a oh kid
0: my no yeah. way
2: yeah uh and she knew Betty, buddy holly she actually dated buddy holly she, uh, no. Before no my dad before she knew my dad yeah
0: oh by the way we're we'll going to tell your our listeners and our viewers your dad is the the great uh the legend tony orlando yeah uh, and yeah. Uh, shout out to tony who i love so much i did a movie with him called uh that's my boy with adam sandler and yeah. uh i saw him uh with my family at the riviera back in the uh, late 70s and uh, he's such a great guy i love what uh, shout out to tio baby thanks but man that, yeah um, so awesome mom
2: but to answer your question this will sum up who my mom was and and uh I've tried to be that same type of person. Uh, So in the 60s, my mom was in Tallahassee, Florida. And she gets on a bus and this is during the racism stuff, right? Right. So black people were supposed to sit in the back of the bus back then. And my mom gets on this bus in Tallahassee, Florida, and my mom goes and sits in the back of the bus and the bus driver sees what's going on. So he pulls the bus over and I guess I don't need these cause they're not working. Uh, and, and uh, he pulls the bus over and he comes to the back of the bus and he tells my mom, you know, what are you doing? You're sitting in the wrong section. You got to sit up in the front. And my mom says, no, no, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the right section. And he says, no, you can't sit there. My mom says, yeah, I'm going to sit here it's okay. I'm sitting here. And the bus driver's just like, what are you doing? So the bus driver's like, well, you can't sit here. You need to move. And she's like, I'm not moving. My mom is five foot one. Okay. Tiny little thing. And she says, I'm not moving. I'm sitting with them. And so the bus driver says, well, you can't. So the bus driver calls the police. Police come, they get on the bus. What are you doing? And she says, I'm sitting in my seat. And they said, no, you have to sit up front. She said, nope, I'm not moving. They said, well, we're gonna take you off the bus. She says, all right, take me off the bus. So they take her off the bus and they wanna arrest her for like whatever, public disturbance or whatever the charge would be back then. So they gave her two choices. You can come to jail or you're no longer welcome Florida and we are gonna drive you to the state line. And my mom said, all right, well, take me to the state line. She got a police escort. Out of the state of Florida because she refused to sit in the back of the bus.
0: Oh, God bless you, Elaine. That is a uh God bless. She's a Rosa Parks. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. God bless you, Elaine. Oh my god and what did she teach you? I mean, you're such a great guy. You got a big heart, Johnny. Uh, what did your mom teach you growing up?
2: As far as I can remember when I was little, uh, every time I'd leave the house, I kid you not. As recent as even she did it, uh, last year you know she had she suffered from dementia for a few years so she slowly her speech uh, she couldn't find the right words and stuff so you know wasn't able to have like normal conversation with my mom uh, like this year at all really uh, but even last year maybe like a year ago you know in the summertime she said these words to me as I was leaving be kind John be kind
0: and you sure and she are- always
2: used to Drill that into my head when I was little, you know, and uh, and that's just kind of how I've always tried to be to, with people.
1: You are you. I mean, I, I have to thank you personally on air. John owns a studio called Sticky Paws Studios that does podcasts here in the Las Vegas area. When I mean, we go down there, he allows us to use the studio to do one of our shows with the great Carrot Top. I walk in there and there's this guy, Marvin, and his entire staff are the greatest people. But I can't get Brad Grumberg's attention, John. You weren't there because you had bowls of fucking candy everywhere around <laughs> the Halloween. And you pretty girls working it. Brad Garrett walks out of one of your studios doing a podcast and you're talking to everyone. And Brad's got his eyes on m's It was a funny was crazy. Thank yeah. you so much for that. I want yeah. to ask you a question, kind of kind of segue from your mom, who's obviously you are kind. Um, talk to us, talk to us about the Action Junkies podcast you know what is it about talk to me about some of the people you've had on
2: yeah so you know i did stand-up comedy from the time i was 22 uh until i was 31 i started by opening for my dad in branson missouri and uh i mean i call it stand-up comedy but if you guys saw it you would just call it a guy standing on stage talking to people to no reaction um but uh (laughs) You know, I did that for 10 years, then I owned a PR firm for 10 years, and and then I was in the tech space for about five years, and I kind of, at whatever it was, at uh, 45 years old, uh, basically started over, wanted to get back to do something, you know, I wasn't doing stuff I really loved. And I didn't necessarily want to do stand-up again, because I wasn't very good at it. But I missed talking on a microphone, and podcasting just kind of made sense. So I, uh, I'm i real good friends with a guy named Jake Ellenberger. He's a now-retired now UFC fighter, but at the time he was in the top 10 in the welterweight division in the UFC. And uh, so I partnered up with him, and we started Action Junkies, and we started doing the show at Hollywood Park Casino. I lived in L.A. back then, and uh, somehow I – I conned the people over at Hollywood Park to give me $10,000 a month. And I would I would bring the Action Junkies podcast to Hollywood Park Casino once a week. And we would do the show from there. And we came out of the gates and we had some great guests right off the top. You know, we had guys like uh, Russell Peters, comedian. We had uh, Jeff Madsen, who was the uh, poker player of the year in, in 20 uh 2009 or something i don't even remember when he was poker player of the year but uh we had some great great guests you know we had claudia jordan uh we had all kinds of people Lacey k summers who was an instagram star with you know now she's got like 15 million followers or something like that back then i think she had four or five million followers and uh we did the show there for, for every week for about six months and we had Bruce Buffer on. We had we had uh, Boss Rutan, all kinds of people. It was really great. Then I moved here to Vegas, and I did the show from my couch for a year, uh, and and just grinded. And then I then I started renting a studio, and then got my studio. But I've had some amazing people: Randall Emmett, the movie producer director. Uh, Bob Saget, before he passed away, did the show. I've I've had uh, Dana White. Last year was on the show. Grant Cardone. I've had some really, really fantastic uh, guests. Uh, Mr. Brad Grunberg. I uh, was just going to say. I hope I'm uh, one of the. You know. I, I hope Hopefully. I'm. You know, top ten. I hope yeah, I- for sure. You have told some great stories on there. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. You know, I've I've got uh, over 250 episodes I've done. And um, wow. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really been a great outlet and a lot of fun, and and it's it's just been it's been fantastic.
0: And you also has uh, you have um, a uh, a uh, action junkies in Florida Boca. Uh,
2: so there's that. So yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I host Action Junkies, but then I'm building the Junkies brand. So there's other Junkie shows. So our good friend Geo hosts Fitness Junkies. There's Vegas Junkies, there's Bizarre Junkies, fit, uh, Fight Junkies, Political Junkies, and pretty soon, Everything Junkies. You could, you know, Golf Junkies, Yoga Junkies, uh, you could pretty much pick any name you want, and eventually there will be a Junkies podcast. So we're going to start opening the studio, like you said, Fish, is Sticky Paws, but now I'm going to start opening Podcast Junkies studios so that they kind of go hand in hand. And the first one is in Boca Raton, and uh, and we're planning on putting them all over the uh, country. Matter of fact, I'm um, partnering up with a guy named David Meltzer. Uh, David Meltzer is, you, you remember the movie Jerry Maguire? Sure. Of course. Yeah. So that's loosely based on Lee Steinberg, the sports super agent. Uh, and at one point, Dave Meltzer became the CEO of Lee Steinberg Enterprises. He kind of ran the company. Dave was a uh, very, very famous uh, or still is a uh, football agent. Well, he's not a football agent anymore, but he's, you know, that's how he made his mark. He's got a show on Apple TV called Office Hours. And he's like a motivational speaker, God. And uh, he's got a studio at SoFi Stadium. And we're actually going to rebrand that podcast, Junkie Studios, and we're going to put them all over the country in different stadiums and arenas.
0: Congratulations. I didn't know that. That's Thank fantastic. you.
2: Yeah, that I, that just happened. I actually took that meeting the day after I lost my mom. Um, I'd been talking to him for a couple of years and I just, he was here in Vegas. So Dave is an investor in Blue Wire st- uh, Studios, which is at the Wynn, at Wynn here in Vegas, beautiful studio. Um, and, uh, you know, it was tough. I, you know, obviously I wasn't in the greatest emotional state, um, but I wanted to keep marching on, uh, you know, and, and you know, the business world can be cruel. You know, business doesn't care about your personal life. Uh, Someone taught me that many, many years ago, you know, the business world doesn't care if you're sick. It doesn't care if your dog died. It doesn't care if your mom died, the business world has to march on. And it's really important to compartmentalize. It's hard to do, um, but it's important to do. And it doesn't mean you're disrespecting, you know, someone you loved. It just means you just, sometimes you you have to do things that you don't want to do. And, um, and, and I went and took the meeting and it was definitely worth it.
1: I guess I'm going to say, first of all, there's strip club junkies right next to me and I'm a bartender <laughs> junkies, but I have to pay homage to my mother. And, and I remember when I was a kid, she had the biggest crush on a guy named Tony Orlando and the band Don. And my stepdad was a cameraman and on the a show called the Hollywood palace. And I believe your dad and Don appeared on there. And my mom sat in the front row. And she wanted to take her underwear, underwear off and throw on a stage like women did back in those days. You, know, <laughs> you talk about your mom with Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis and, and dated Buddy Holly. My mom had a huge crush on Jack Jones and your dad. So when Jack- your dad comes mm-hmm. on our podcast, and he was so wonderful, What re- the fact that he's so gregarious and just spun loving, he has this huge commitment to the military, which is important to me. Have you done anything with your dad concerning that? Because it's such as we call it a mitzvah for what he does taking over that Bob Hope legacy, basically. Am I right?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, when I lived in Branson, I opened for my dad at his theater there in Branson from 93 till 99. And uh, every year for Veterans Day, he would do a free show for veterans. If you were a veteran, come, you know, 2,000 people is what the theater held we'd have 3000 people 4000 people show up and it got to the point where he would do two shows in that day uh for the veterans for many many years um yeah it's been a, you know I've been on the uh the USS uh oh nuts uh the uh, Intrepid uh you know and done a show with him on an aircraft carrier before uh yeah you know he he was brave enough he's been to Iraq too uh to visit the troops I'm not that brave, um, but uh, I'm with them in spirit. But yeah, man, it's it's the ultimate sacrifice those guys make. Uh, people people take it for granted. I've got a lot of friends that have been in the mil- served in the military. You know, Navy SEALs, Army, Navy, Air Force, everything. And uh, yeah, it, it's important to support them um, because you know they, they do what most of us are just not brave enough to do.
1: Let me one jump into jokes. some Brad, real quick, okay? Before we well, yeah, go, want, go, because to go yeah. this is your good friend,
2: but I have to I have to hit a sports
1: subject here. Brad's no, in on heaven wait, right wait now. Wait because- one sec,
0: fish. Fish, I want to say one thing you know, when you took that meeting, your mom was watching over you and she made that deal happen. I'm very spiritual, and I really believe Elaine goes. It's time to throw some luck my son's way, and that's why the deal came through. I'm just want to I wanted Thank to you. make a note. Yes, absolutely. You, you deserve it, and you deserve it, Jo. Let me tell you something. You have helped Thanks, so man. many people, and uh, you know you always buy me a meal when I come to Vegas, and that's very important. Oh boy, we're gonna talk about her in a
2: minute. Yeah, size warrior on her way to work real quick. Oh, Vanessa, we love you.
0: By the way, Johnny was a lady. Hey, go ahead.
2: Johnny was a very good lady's
0: man back in the day and I'm going to tell you something I want you to tell this story yeah you know a a girl finds her father and a son finds his mother and there are a lot of qualities that Vanessa has that Elaine had and yeah I how did you meet Vanessa and it's a great story because I think there she is Uh. Uh, it's
2: beautiful. Yeah. So every year, but this is before I uh moved to Vegas, I would come to Super Bowl. I come I used to come to Vegas on all the big, the big days, you know, New Year's, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July, Wednesday, uh, you know, all the big days, you know, Tuesday, any excuse to come to Vegas. So Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl was certainly one of those and uh we came every year just a small group of us that now has grown to like 40 people but it started off as maybe you know five or six people jake ellenberger being <coughs> one of them and uh my buddy roger in detroit jeff cohen and so we were in um vegas for super bowl well, actually let me back up we all stay at the hard rock and two weeks i was such a you know i'm a i'm a degenerate cocktails i like to i like to play blackjack and poker and all that So I came to Vegas to play in a poker tournament two weeks before Super Bowl. This is in uh, 2016 and uh, or 2017. How do I not know this? 2017. Yeah, 2017. And so I, uh, I come to Vegas two weeks before and I'm staying at the Hard Rock and I'm walking from one tower to the other to go to the gym uh and um i'm sorry i'm screwing this whole story up i'm all screwed up sorry i go to dinner at the steakhouse at the hard rock um and vanessa is working she wasn't working in wet republic yet so she's working in there as the host hostess you know so she seats me and i was actually with a girl not on a date with a female friend of mine that uh i'm kind of like i've been her her in-house psychologist uh bad dating choices so i had posted that when i landed you know i'm home again vegas you know and she this girl hits me up and she's like oh my god i gotta talk to you blah 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 and i'm like oh my god i just landed like i don't have the patience for this i said look i'm starving if you want meet me at the steakhouse the hard rock you can you can pour out your heart and soul and i'll tell you what's wrong with the latest deadbeat guy that you're with so (laughs) is is the is the person that seats us and my friend that i'm there with uh she let's how can i put it she plays for both teams so to speak oh she
0: dips your toe in the lady pond
2: okay. yes i like we
0: have something in common yes yeah we both like yeah. that
2: so she vanessa walks away and we're both got our jaws on the floor and i look at her and i realize she's looking at i said don't even think about it that one's mine you stay <laughs> away. he says well you better go shoot your shot cowboy you know so i'm like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go to the bathroom it's up by the host stand and on the way back i'll stop and talk to this girl which was vanessa you know so i go into the bathroom and i don't even need to go to the bathroom you know i'm just like i needed an excuse to, to have to walk by the host stand right so I get in the bathroom and I'm sitting there like, eh, let me just, you know, trying to give it whatever the amount of time it would take to pee, you know, and then I come out. So I come out. Vanessa's gone. She's not there. So the restaurant closed at 10 p.m. and it was I had landed late and it was a late dinner. So there was no more seating people. So she left. She clocked out. It's like 10.01. So I'm like, oh, man, I blew it. So at least I knew where she worked, right? So I thought, well, I'm gonna be back in Vegas in two weeks for Super Bowl. I'm gonna take the whole crew to this restaurant so I can see Vanessa again. Okay, now two weeks go by. So I'm walking from one tower to the other uh, to go to the gym uh, and this restaurant was right next door to the Pink Taco um, at the Hard Rock. And across from like the Dunkin' Donuts, if you can picture where that is. so. Yeah. So, I uh, so I am walking by the restaurant and I look in and I actually see Vanessa like pre-shift, you know, setting up the tables and stuff. So I go to the host stand and she sees me and the door is closed to the restaurant. But the host stand was like outside the restaurant, you know. Uh, so, so I'm like motioning, like, come here, you know, so she's like telling me, like, we're closed, it's not open yet, you know, so I'm like, no, 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 come here. So she comes out and I said, I just wanted to make a reservation. So I'm trying to make her laugh and give her my name and all that. So make the reservation for the following night. And I said, are you going to be working tomorrow? And she says, yeah. I said, okay, good. Because otherwise we could just cancel the reservation. You know, I don't need to eat here if you're not going to be here. So it was my way of letting her know, like, we need to talk, you know? (laughs) So the next day comes and uh, I bring my, my crew of like eight people in there. And Vanessa seats us. And I say, guys, this is Vanessa. This is my future life. Just wanted you to meet her, say hi. You know, so Vanessa laughs, looks at me like I'm crazy. And uh, after dinner, I stood at that host stand while all my friends were in the hallway for like an hour talking to Vanessa. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, she wouldn't give me a phone number, uh, but I got her Instagram and let the stalking begin. <laughs> and, uh, restraining order Thank yeah. you. the rest is history
0: oh my god and i'm going to say vanessa is so beautiful on the outside but she's more beautiful on the inside she is the salt of the earth what a, i mean incredible she really showed me a great time at wet republic and every time i see her she uh, touches my life in some way i just want to let you know and i can't Thanks, wait for the big day one day i have to buy a suit to yeah. show up to the wedding
2: We'll get there. You don't have to wear a suit. Um, I don't. Oh, okay. No, you don't have to. Uh, yeah, you know, t- to your point, and the- to connect it to my mom, Uh Vanessa's amazing. You know, we're twenty-one years apart, so a lot of people might frown on that. You know, I'm fifty-three; she's thirty-two. And good for uh, you! Wow. And let it go, she, brother. She, without me asking, this year as my mom declined really bad, she would come over to the, you know, before my mom was in a nursing home, she was in a house and my brother took care of her. Um, and he was amazing in doing that, but there are certain things, a son, it's hard to help with mom, you know, bathing and that kind of stuff. And so Vanessa would go over there and put a chair in the shower. So my mom could sit and, and give her a bath, do her hair, clip her toenails, rub lotion on her feet. And I didn't ask her to do that. And she did that. I couldn't tell you how many times she did that. And and that that speaks to you know, the most most girls aren't gonna do that for you. You know?
0: Never. Never. And by the way, she's not with you for your personality. You must have a gigantic manhood in those
2: <laughs> I don't it. know why she's with me, cocktails. It's <laughs> uh, you know, you're a great oh, guy. Board. That's why
0: she's with you guys make a yeah. great team, by the way. Great team. I'm telling you, you, beautiful. Just the best. I'm so happy for both of you. You found each other. And by the way, I hope you were paying the rent of that girl that you're the psychiatrist for. Because if it wasn't for her, you wouldn't have dinner there. And then you wouldn't have seen Vanessa.
2: Right? You're so right. You know, the funny thing about that is I don't talk to that girl anymore because she went back with her psychotic ex. Oh and she's not allowed to have male friends, so um, I uh, I don't even speak to her anymore. But uh, I am grateful uh, that she, like you said, needed a a therapy session, an official therapy session with me, otherwise uh, it wouldn't be what I have now, you know?
0: So uh, Fish, let's go NFL with this guy.
2: Yeah, let's talk NFL, especially after last night. How about them?
1: how
0: about those cowboys this is Yo, a Raiders,
2: you know does it hurt when you when you when
1: you <laughs> watch the cowboys play and the cowboys that's what the seventh grade home game they've won by 15 points or more yeah and then you're a raider fan like i am and they can't score a fucking point in the second half of any game to watch dak just throw a 15-yard pass to cd lamb it's like it's <laughs> It's, it's a revolution. It's a revelation. It, it's great. Yeah. You're So you're a Cowboy fan, right? Obviously. I
2: am. You know, I, I, I met Tony Dorsett in 1976 or 7 at a Dodger game back in the locker room in Tommy Lasorda's dressing room in his office. And that was all she wrote. I became a Cowboy fan instantly that day uh, and uh, ever since. So it's been torture. This last however many years, but this could be the year. I've said that many, many years in a row, but uh Dak looks real good. Uh, uh, they look good, man. They got the chemistry, they, they're confident. You know, so, let me year jump in, John. So
1: Brad says to me, I'm going to give you a, 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 an early present for the holidays. Yeah. yeah. Now, before you look at this, you know, it, it, it's going to give you a hard on. As John goes to the Pac-12 <laughs> championship game between Washington and Oregon and Allegiant. And here comes these pictures of Johns with Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, yeah. Vince Coleman, the great uh, ball player from the Cardinals. But then he's with Mark Davis. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. and they all like, you can tell they like John. It's not, it's not a picture where you stand next to somebody and you're like, you know, it's, there's a, there's a general like there.
2: Yeah, What was that
1: like for you? Because obviously Marcus Allen and Tim Brown are Hall of Famers. Talk to us about Mark Davis because a lot of us in Las Vegas, I know what kind of guy he is. He's taking a lot of crap because the team stinks and, you know, we're 19. We're on the verge of 19 out of the last 21 years of losing football. So you don't know what that's like as a cowboy fan. You've had your trials and tribulations. Talk to us and pump up Mark Davis because I know what a good human he is in this community. I know what he does philanthropy wise.
2: He's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, so I get this text from Marcus Allen two days before the game. Hey, what are you doing Friday? You want to go to the game? (laughs) I think it was Friday, right? I'm like, yeah, of course. The funny thing is I don't really like college football. I don't follow college football. I don't really like college sports, to be honest. But when Marcus Allen invites you somewhere, you say yes. Yes. uh so i go to this game and i'm so glad i went first of all the game itself was incredible that was a really exciting game and i may have changed my stance on college football um yeah yeah,
0: tell our our viewers it was the uh pac-12 championship game between uh the washington huskies and the oregon ducks
2: yep yep and i already said
1: that brad it's okay go back to your dunkin donuts
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so yeah, so I get to the stadium by myself, uh, you know, to Allegiant Stadium and uh I have my electronic ticket, but I don't know I assume they're going to be great seats because it's Marcus Allen, but I I don't know from looking at the ticket. I don't know Allegiant Stadium that well to know, you know, oh wow, like if it was Dodger Stadium, I could t- oh wow, that's great. You know, with this, I don't know, you know, I just assume so I'm asking ushers where do I go? Where do I go? And and they're looking at like, oh wow, yeah, go that way. Like everyone's reaction was like, Oh, wow. So it's like, oh, these seats are gonna be great. So I get up to the suite level, and I'm like, oh, cool, we're in a suite. And then it's not just a suite, it's Mark Davis's suite.
0: <laughs>
2: Guys, you okay. could live in this suite, it's that nice, it's beautiful, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, the food good-
0: how was the food? That's all I care about.
2: Food was unbelievable. <laughs> The dessert was unbelievable. You know, I get in there like you said. It's Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, Eric Dickerson, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Vince Coleman, uh, a couple other guys, defensive guys that you guys would probably know that I don't know the names of that I I forgot the name, unfortunately. Um, But yeah,
0: Mark. You forgot one guy, John Orlando.
2: Yeah, and me. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Mark is a really nice guy. It was the second time I was in that suite. I was in that suite about a year ago. <laughs> um when the Patriots played the Raiders um Marcus invited me and I was there with Vanessa Vanessa's first football game she ever went to in her life wow. we were in the suite in Mark Davis's suite watching Patriots versus Raiders wow that's crazy nice. and Mark Davis
1: is watching Vanessa trust me
2: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. yeah what's funny is it's funny you say that so next door to that suite um Dana White has a suite. Well, I guess so I guess it goes Mark Davis, and then technically Red Rock, then the Fertitas, and then Dana White. I guess there's three in a row, but but I guess the bigger suite is the one for Red Rock, right next door to Mark Davis. So sometimes Dana's in that suite, apparently. So Dana happened to be in that suite that day. So me and Marcus and Vanessa, we went next door to say hi to Dana. And as after we left Dana's suite, went back into Mark Davis's suite. This is last year. Who's in who walks in a Dana's suite? Mark Wahlberg. Because they're playing the Patriots. I'm like nuts. We just missed him and we felt weird. We didn't want to go back in, you know, so we missed it. But I have a photo. I'll try to find it and send it to you guys. Uh, I have a photo of Vanessa. And in the background, you can see Mark Wahlberg in the suite next to looking at her, like it's obvious oh, that he's looking it. at her. And I don't blame him; I'm not mad at Mark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That game, yeah. that game, Brad. That game yeah. that 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 was Vanessa's first game ended on the most crazy play. Remember that? Yes. To, the 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 Patriots are trying to just do one of those laterals, you know, to run the clock out. And Chandler Jones intercepts it and runs it in. And everyone's like, I was at that game too. I was like what just happened what's it yeah. like when you're in the booth with those guys and a play that never happens happens give us a reaction to the guys you were with them
2: yeah so you know when you're talking about hall of famers watching a football game and the basic fundamentals aren't getting met on the field right these yeah. guys go bananas man i mean marcus just shakes his head you know marcus even brought up last week um I I wish I could remember the name of this defensive guy because he was a legend for the Raiders. Maybe this will help. He was famous for clotheslining. Was it Greg Townsend? Yes. Greg Townsend. Yes. Good pull, Fish. Good pull. He was known. He was ferocious, right? Yeah. Oh, he's unbelievable. And Marcus was showing me video compilation of this guy was looking at the hits that this guy and i was like this is not the same game anymore right and marcus was like yeah man you don't no one gets hit like we got hit these guys you know they all laugh at these guys you know they respect their talent obviously but they're playing a different game they're not playing the same game that barry sanders marcus Allen, all those guys played this is a different game quarterbacks too
0: yeah greg townsend was like jaws keel in longest yard uh, exactly yeah exactly
1: right. exactly right. Well, thank you fish give me that, that was that cool. defensive line he played with I, i'm gonna go old school if you're a raider fan for have a lot of raider viewers yeah greg townsend Bill piquel lyle alzado and howie uh, long so you had wow. you know two two great it, you don't have to be a football fan another name's lyle alzado yeah. and howie long and townsend always said i learned from these guys and, and those are the great days listen to this this is this is going to affect you john orlando Brad and I are in hog heaven because his Arizona Wildcats are playing Oklahoma in a major bowl game. My alma mater, the University of Texas, is in playing Washington in the playoffs. But the big news, because I'm a big Dodger fan, I'm from Los Angeles, Shoei Ohtani, yeah. there you go, baby. It's why, why I wore year, this hat today. A year for 10 years. That If you follow baseball, and I know you do, John, talk to our baseball fans, that lineup of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Ohtani, is the next wow. murderer's row in baseball. Do you agree?
2: A hundred percent. We still need pitching, right? But uh, they're gonna be tough to beat, man. They're gonna be we're, real we're tough. Gonna get to that beat.
0: guy from Japan, I heard we're gonna get that guy from Japan. Uh, Otani's buddy, from yeah, maybe. Season.
2: I'm real curious to see how. Um, I, I don't know if you read this, but there's a lot of deferred money yeah. in Otani's deal, and it said right. unprecedented. Deferred money. So I think he's actually only getting like 30 million a year. Right. Because he wanted them to
0: have money to go out and get
2: some other players. Right. So he's looking at kind of a Bobby Bonilla deal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I got two questions for John Fish. You got to be quiet for a second. I got two questions. One, you have more contacts in your phone than anybody. I know you edited it. (laughs) You have 8,000
2: people. Are you down to four? I've read it. Nobody knows you. I've weeded it out. Hold yeah. on, I'm gonna show you. Oh wow, does it not say the number anymore at the at the uh it doesn't say the number at the bottom of your phone anymore. What's up with that? Oh, what is up for the what, what do you got five thousand people? I don't know, it doesn't say but yeah, i I had weeded it down to like forty five hundred or something. believe yeah right. okay it's so crazy. This is the greatest story
0: I've ever heard, okay, John Orlando in las vegas with michael jordan from the chicago bulls the floor is yours jo i need this story man we're going to end with this story we're, we're going to end with
2: this uh, you want the short version the long version the medium you what got, do you want uh,
0: you got 11 minutes give it to me i want it i do want this this is so all. back in
2: 1993 this is february 18th 1993. I was working at Frontrunner's shoe store in Brentwood on San Vicente, for, for you LA folks. Very popular shoe store, you know, the s- celebs go there, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robin Williams back in the day, OJ, uh, you know, you name them, they went there. Uh, so I worked at this shoe store, which is where I met Gio, who hosts Fitness Junkies for me, shameless Fitness Junkies plug. Um, and uh, so on my lunch break, Uh, well, that's a different, I, we had this policy at the store. If you're late three times in six months, you're fired. And the reason they had this policy was because of me. I was always, late, (laughs) so I've got two strikes against me and on this, this February 18th, 1993, and I wake up. And at the time I was living at my dad's house. Uh, which was in Hidden Hills in Calabasas. So I had like an hour commute every morning with traffic, mm-hmm. maybe even a little more than an hour. And I remember I woke up early to like thunderstorms at like 5.30 in the morning. And I was like, it was pouring so bad that day. I, and I had to be at work at 9. The store opens at 10, but we got to be there at 9 to like straighten up and set up and all that stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I got to leave really early today because this rain, I know the trap is going to be nuts. So normally I leave at 8. I leave at 7 on this day, which is not like me. I'm not that responsible. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to get fired from this job because it was a really great job. Um, So I leave at 7 and I get on the, the 134 freeway, the 101 freeway, you know, and uh, it is... I'm in the fast lane and as cars are going by on the other direction where there's no traffic, there's so much water in a fast line, fast lane. It is like dumping water every time they drive by me onto the car, you know, the traffic's nuts. This ended up being, if you remember this in 93, this was day one of like a five day downpour. And it was like one of those things, you know, the news always freaks out They're like, floods in the southland they, they always call it the southland right so it was day one of this crazy storm in la to the point where ventura boulevard was flooded cars were like floating it got to that you know halfway up the traffic lights it was day one of that storm okay so i finally get to brentwood i i i can't find anywhere to park this was a friday morning february 18th you can go back and look friday february 18th 1993 it was a friday and uh on oh, Brentwood, all those rich people, they don't need to go to work if they don't want to, right? So there's no street parking and we're not allowed to park in the parking lot at this store. So I park like two blocks away. By the time I get to the shoe store, I'm running through the rain, I'm drenched. I have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy new clothes. It was a shoe store, but we sold like high-end sweatpants and like nice things, you know? So I get to the door and the door's locked. It's like 9.15, 15 minutes late. And I'm, I could see through the glass, I see all my em, co-employees, you know, and the manager of the store comes up, who I'd known since I'm seven years old because I grew up in Brentwood and I used to, this was my local shoe store when I was a little kid. And he's worked there 20 years. So he cracks the door open and he goes, you're <laughs> <laughs> late and it's your third time oh and i go his name was chris i go chris you you can't be serious look at it out here it's like a monsoon like what do you want me to do man like i'm parked three blocks away it's crazy he goes rules are rules and i go you you're gonna fire me from the he goes well you're late right it's your third (laughs) time so he's like i'm like whatever Fuck you i don't need this job i quit i i quit 30 seconds before I'm getting fired, you know? <laughs> so I get back in my car and I drive to my mom's apartment, which was on Burton way, 15 minutes away. Right. And uh, so I go over there. I change clothes. I call Geo and because uh, Geo was the assistant manager. And I said, your asshole buddy just fired me or I quit. I don't know what the fuck happened, <laughs> but I'm going to Vegas. I'm coming back with $10,000. And we're going to Benny Hanna tonight for dinner. I'm gonna go win 10 grand today. Okay. He's like, What? You're crazy. I'm like, You'll see. I hang up the phone, I go down to the airport. I've got no money. I'm 22 years old at the time. But, Fish, you'll remember this the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 1993. They beat the Buffalo Bills 52 to 17. At the time, it was the largest margin of victory in Super Bowl history. And being the cowboy fan I am, I bet $200 on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl that year at 10 to one odds. So I've got two grand coming. I got the ticket. I haven't cashed in. You know, that was the last Sunday in January back then. This is February 18th, so I'm going to cash the ticket. So I get to the Mirage and I cash in my $2,000 ticket and I lose the two grand. If it took me 10 minutes, I'm exaggerating. That it was even that long playing. Yes. Much broke. So now I'm like, fuck. So I go to the ATM, I take out 300. That was the most you could get back then out of the ATM machine 300. I play the 300. I lose the 300 in five minutes. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? So back then, I don't know if you can still do it now. I can't imagine you could do this today. But back then, you could take, I don't even know if the young people know what this is called. It's called a check. You could write, a check, basically, let's just call it what it is—an IOU. You could, you could, you could write a check, give it to the casino, and they'll give you money. Okay. So I got no money in my account, and I write a thousand-dollar check to the Mirage. Now, back then, the most you were supposed to be able to write was 200. dollars per trip, and a trip constituted fourteen days. But if you had the gift of gab, they'd let you write it for more. So I write this check for a thousand bucks. I lose that. Now I'm down to one more check. I always had an emergency check folded (laughs) up in my wallet. So I try to write them another check. They won't take it. They're like, no, no, you're at your limit. I go next door to Caesar's palace. I that's where my dad worked a lot back in the day. So I, I talked my way into them taking another thousand dollar check. So I write a thousand dollar check to them. So now I'm down two grand in checks 300 from the ATM the two grand from the Super Bowl this is it this is going to be my Hail Mary right so I go back to the Mirage because it's personal I want the money back from the Mirage right so I get back to the Mirage I'm playing blackjack and I lose 400 of the thousand real quick now I got 600 left and reality starting to sink in so I think to myself okay just play twenty five dollars a hand, no bore going crazy. You got six hundred dollars left. Just last long enough to fly home at six o'clock. on My flight. Go back Monday and beg and get your job back. So that's my new plan. So while I'm sitting there doing that, Michael Jordan walks by, and is this going to cut off at, in an hour, like on no, the button? No, or? no, no,
0: no.
2: Okay. No. So, okay. So Michael Jordan walks by, and the dealer says, "Look." There's Michael Jordan. Or so, I'm sorry. She says, look, there's Dr. J. <laughs> I look up and it's not Dr. J, it's Michael Jordan. I said, lady, that's Michael Jordan. It's not Dr. J. She says, no, it's Dr. J. He's been here for a couple days. I go, whatever. So you know how you, you do a lap in the casino sometimes, you just walk it around. So he comes back around again. She goes, there he is, there's Dr. J. I go, what is wrong with you? I'm like, look, I'm wearing the shoes that is michael jordan i go hey mike he turns around i go she thinks you're dr j (laughs) he he comes walking up to the table i swear on my life and he says to her the classic line that you would get canceled for normally but i'm quoting michael jordan so no canceling here he says i know i know we all look alike to you right that's what he says so he says that he sits down and he starts playing blackjack me and michael jordan nobody else no entourage no security it is me and him it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and we're playing blackjack so he says what brings you to vegas so i tell him the whole fucking story about the shoe store and the rain and i got fired and the thing and the cowboys he's like looking at me like you are a degenerate and uh so we're (laughs) sitting there playing and i you know <laughs> Fish, you know the unwritten rule. If you have a famous father or mother, you want to work that into the conversation when you're in the presence of a f- another famous person. And it puts you in this, in the club, right? It makes it different. I'm not just a regular person, which I am, but in the eyes of celebrities, okay, it's, you know the deal. Your dad's famous, right? So I tell Mike, you know, who my dad is. And he's like, oh, my God, I remember your dad, Tony Lando, and Don, the show, blah, blah, blah. Right. So now we bonded. So I say to Mike, do you like roulette? Let's go play roulette. This sucks. So he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we go over the roulette wheel and I got six hundred dollars left. It's now, you know, whatever, three o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it is. And I got to go to the airport pretty soon. Get ready to get back home and beg for my job back. And I said, Mike, I got six hundred bucks i'm gonna put a hundred dollars on six numbers my normal numbers are 7 9 11 26 30 and zero because those six numbers on a roulette wheel that has two that has zero and double zero they're all right next to each other and 11 is my favorite number and i got so sick of putting money on 11 And then going, oh, it's right next door in 30. Oh, it's right next door in seven. Oh, it's two doors down in 26. I've decided not to deal with that anymore. So I just bet that little piece of the wheel, right? So I tell Mike, but instead of putting 100 on zero, I'm putting 100 on 23 for you. So I put $100 on all six numbers. I tell him, look, if I hit, I got 3,500 coming. If I lose, I had the greatest day of my life meeting and gambling with Michael Jordan. This is a win-win for me. So she spins the ball. I tell the dealer, I swear on my life, you hit one of those numbers. You hit one of those numbers, I'm giving you 500 bucks, I swear to you. Jordan puts $1,000 on red, 200 on number 23, because he's number 23. And uh, I've got my 100 on all my numbers. It hits 11. I'm sorry, it hits 23, it hits 23. I'm freaking out, going nuts. I got 3,500 bucks, I flip her the 500. We make the same bet again. I tell Mike, you gotta bet on 11. That's my number. Bet on 23, but bet on 11. He's like, all right, fine. So he throws 100 on 11, he's got 223, he's got $1,000 on red again. I got my six numbers, right? She hits 11. (laughs) Hold on my calls. Uh, So she, gets another 500 for me and I keep telling her every time you hit one of my numbers you're getting 500 bucks today and I'm putting 100 on it every time. Guess who comes walking up to the roulette wheel? Dr. Dr. J. J. Dr. J. No. Wow. no. If you look this up, you'll see I'm right. Unbelievable. The NBA All-Star game in 1993 uh. was in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh my God. So now, the format, I believe, I'm not a basketball fan. So, Fish, you could correct me if I get this wrong. But now I think they do a rookie game on Friday, a uh, uh, um, slam dunk contest Sunday, and the game on or on Saturday, and the game on Sunday. But back correct. then, it was just a game on Saturday or Sunday, I think. And so correct. the players have a couple of days off. You think they're going to sit and post up in Utah? No. no, they all came to Vegas. So this is the Friday before that All-Star game. Dr. J comes cruising up the table. He ends up leaving with Jordan. Jordan gives me a card, uh, like a business card, not with his info, but with like his assistant's info. And uh he says, if you ever want to come to a game, call the office here, tell them who you are, and I'll get you and your dad tickets. I'm like, okay, great. So he leaves. I end up staying at that uh, table. And by the way, when I hit that on 11 the second time, guys, I got, I stood on the stool. I shit you not. I'm rubbing his head. I'm freaking out. I'm <laughs> high fiving him to the point where my palm was like red and itchy. Right. Everyone's looking at me like, what the hell? What's going it was nuts. There? So he leaves. I end up walking away from that roulette wheel. She kept hitting my number with $22,000. And let me tell you something. It's not $22,000 at that point. It's 22 yellow chips. And it's different the way that impacts your brain when it's just 22 chips, right? It's just different. If I got 22 of them, what's the big deal if I got 21? It, It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. So I go to the blackjack table and I always wanted to bet. $5,000 $5,000 hand of blackjack and I'm like today's the day so I I I put five grand down right. on the hand of blackjack oh. and I I get a big fat 16 and I'm just like why did I Ooh. do this? what am I doing so I I take a card I bust and I lose so I got 17 grand so now it's 17 grand I go into the sports book uh. and if you remember in 93 that was i believe wayne gretzky's final year of his five-year deal with the kings this is february stanley cup finals are like may june right uh and he promised he'd bring the cup to la so i put seven thousand dollars on the kings to win the stanley cup at seven to one odds oh Oh, I don't know God. if you remember but they went to the finals that year. Right. I remember Marty McSorley <laughs> score, McSorley scored a goal that they took away uh because his stick was taped higher than via uh, you know the right. rules allowed or whatever kind of like a kings end up yeah. losing in double overtime they don't win the seven I don't win the you know oh. I won 39k. Anyway, so I yeah. bet the 7k on the Kings. That left me with 10k. And I had ten thousand in cash. And then my mom, probably like your mom when you were little, your mom always used to say to you, "Don't carry a lot of cash. Don't carry a lot of cash with you." So I was like, "Ah, I got ten thousand dollars. I don't want to travel with all this cash." I was like nervous. I never had money, so I go to the cashier at the Mirage and I said, "Can I get a check for this?" And she goes, "You want a check? Because if you got cash, you're hiding it from the." IRS, right? If you got a check for 10 grand, they're going to know and you're going to get, you know, you might pay taxes on it. She's like, "We can do it if you want," but the lady's looking at me like, "You're nuts," you know? And I was like, "Yeah, I want a check." So she gives me a check for $10,000 from the Mirage. The Mirage sends me in a limo cuz they think I'm Michael Jordan's friend. So they're paying real <laughs> nice to me. They offer me a limo back to the airport. I get back to LA, I get in my car, I go to the shoe store where Gio's working and I slam a check on the table for $10,000, just like I promised at 9.30 in the morning. Did you go to Benihana? A hundred percent. We went to ben. I got
1: one quick question, but that's yeah. the greatest story ever told on this podcast. Yeah. 40 shows, and you hit every, my God, if you told that on any late night show, they bring you back and think you are a stand-up comic. Perfect, perfect. But when you worked at Front Runners. Was one of your fellow employees or managers named Linda Sparling?
2: 100%. Oh, yeah. my goodness. No, I, very well. Actually, at the time, no. What was her maiden name? Ehrenberg? Yep. Linda Ehrenberg, I think. Like yep. so. Yeah. Huge it was Linda Ehrenberg street. at the time. Well, I,
1: I worked at my down the street. And he, he all, I, I, everyone stood. you talked about, they came in there all the time. because was right around the bed. And Linda yep. was in there drinking her Bud Light with her spandex on. The yep. nicest sweetest and um you said front runners and i had i
2: had a name drop. i think she hated me because i was always late um not long after i started there she actually went over to the west side pavilion store to be the manager of that store so i didn't get to i didn't really work with her too much after the first few months but i was at small world for like three years yeah
0: did you you ever go to mom's saloon uh, fish
2: worked there and
0: he's yeah part of course
2: of so before we talked about this but not on on the show but before um it was mom saloon i don't know if it was right before that but at one point it was called the jumping frog saloon Ash and, Gindy. Uh, right. what's that
1: well one of the guys that started moms i mean the opening night used to work at jumping frog we kept him over his name was ash Gindy. he's been on the podcast and yeah you know uh, we 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 can we we'll have another podcast with you about some of the mom stories. I was there from day one to day done, but
2: it's amazing, amazing that
1: Brentwood community was 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 so small and yeah and if if you worked in one of the establishments in Brentwood, when you got off work, you had your moms. Yeah. yeah. Jo,
0: we want to thank you for being on the show. And you're gonna come back because you have more stories for us. I'd correct? love to anytime. You are Absolutely. unbelievable. You're the sweetest guy in the world. I wish you all the best for the holidays and beyond. And we're going to end with a very special picture of your mom. And I, I think she's holding a dog. Is that right? There it is.
2: Oh,
0: uh, so that is. Yes, that's
2: just last year, man. That's how much. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's uh maybe 2021. We're uh, still pandemic. uh Look stuff. at that. So and uh, that's actually Geo's dog, Ry- uh, Ryder. Oh, that's um, great! And she was so happy that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elaine, we will never forget
0: you. May you rest in peace. Jo, we love you. That will wrap yeah, up. You, you know,
2: I I I thought of this as like, uh, remember uh, Cuba Gooding when he goes on in uh, Jerry Maguire? He goes on uh, Roy Firestone. And he goes i'm not gonna cry roy i'm not gonna cry and when i started all night last night um, thinking about this today and i knew we'd be talking about my mom i was like i'm not gonna cry i am not gonna cry and you you got me with that photo cocktails you bastard you got me i well, can I, I end
1: it with one thing because yeah. not not to be a one-upsman guys but brad knows that like You got that deal. He said, your mom looked over you. Well, my mom passed away last this past February. A week later, this guy decided to become my podcast partner. I'll say this. The reason why we love our mothers so much, John and Brad, is because they are our first loves. Yep.
2: Yeah, Um, 100%.